So that intro music can only mean one thing usually. The one Huge. thing it's supposed to mean is that Lavelle E. Neal is right around the corner. We hope, but we need that corner to get a little bit longer because I know he's up in McGregor this weekend because he usually offers to take a detour to Duluth when he does that. But I know it's tough to reach him reception-wise in that area. So our first attempt failed. I will make another. Well, Dave pays homage to our wonderful sponsors. Well, I'm going to start first by reminding everybody about the uh, St. Louis County uh, Historical Society and the Veterans Memorial. That was a that was a big deal, Brian. And uh, you know, being able to talk a little bit about that on the radio, but also this whole month, you know, the the Carl Polad stuff. You know, we we tease pol- cheap Polads and all that stuff. But I think with Carl Polad, we've realized that holy cow, that guy was a hero. And uh, I think we need to dig deeper sometimes into people. But let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, Arola Architecture Studio, the original sponsor of this uh, of this show, the reason that we're able to have these kind of conversations. Uh, Hoops Brewing, we had a chance to talk to Dave just a little bit ago. OAR Holdings, Justin May at Messina & Associates. Krauss Heating & Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer in our area. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, The Blackwoods Group. Their locations include Tavern on a Hill, where the family went yesterday, sat in the patio. It's a beautiful, beautiful dinner outside. Blackwaters, their locations include Two Harbors, Proctor, and London Road. That's The Blackwoods Group. Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai, Brian. Absolutely. And of course, a shout out to our friends at Comfort Systems. Sign up for a service appointment online. Simply mention you heard it on the Northland Sports page. That's us right here. And you receive $20 off the appointment. All you got to do online is visit ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. And Mount Royal Bottle Shop, they're doing a lot this weekend. Every weekend, they do 10% off all Hoops products on Saturdays, courtesy of the Northland Sports page. And my new favorite pun, play on words, July PA is in full effect. 10% off 16-ounce four-packs of IPAs now through July 31st. How does that grab you? The July 31st is Monday. Summer's <laughs> flying. <laughs> Tell me about it, Brian. Absolutely. So July 31st being Monday also makes the trade deadline of August 1st for Major League Baseball Tuesday. It's creeping up quickly. Now we're going to do what we call an on-air production meeting. We're simply going to give this one shot. If Lavelle Neal is there, we're in business. If he's not, the business of discussing the trade deadline and the Twins in general will simply fall to you and I. Either way, will be fantastic, but I can't, I'm can't. i hoping we talk to Lavelle here in a minute. I'm hoping it as well pans out with Lavelle e. Neal on the line. Moment of truth. Lavelle e. Neal, are you there? Good morning, sir. And we've got nothing. And we go. So we left him the longest radio segment voicemail <laughs> his ever. Vo- his voicemail. Yeah, that's going to be His awesome. voicemail is going to be full of all our sponsorship plugs. Nice. So I'll continue to text him and see if it amounts to anything. Otherwise... We're simply going to talk about what we think the Twins could amount to because I said to you in the car, I'm concerned because we've been down this road. Now, it was a 500 week since we've been on last. They won last Saturday. They won last Sunday. They won last Monday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, off day Thursday, playing Friday, took L's. The one consistency with the Minnesota Twins is being inconsistent, and it bothers me. And we're getting to August, which is where this team fell apart last year. The one difference you think is that they can pitch now, but that's had a bit of a regression to the mean too. Yeah, but the, you knew the starters sooner or later were going to regress to the mean because they uh, they were the only reason the Twins were in contention. But here's my thing, Brian. We got Polanco coming back. Lewis will be back in a couple of weeks. Really, the the Twins need you know that center fielder who can be regular, or you know they need they need a little bit of right-handed power someplace but now with Polanco coming back he takes care of some of the right-handed stuff 
Lewis is coming back. He's going to be your third baseman. What do you do with Polanco? Can you teach Julian to play right field a la um, Sano, you know, 10 years ago? Um, where the hatchet infielder goes and tries to right. become a hatchet outfielder. Trevor Plouffe did it for like two days. Yes. And so uh, I still think they need that, but I don't think they're going to do it because they see Polanco and they know what he can do. Right. So then what do you do? You're not going to go get another starter because you got Keuchel down there right. boiling this is, away This anyway. is only going to be a bullpen deadline, I think, yes. because this team has done nothing but scream for bullpen help in their results over the last basically two weeks. But now, just as you said, with the return pending – of Royce Lewis with the return of Jorge by a day, Polanco. That is reinforcements. I get it. Is the return of Caleb Thielbar and Brock Stewart enough? But the one thing you don't hear about those two guys is when there's been no timelines mentioned really. Right. The timelines have gone. They've passed already. Um, I think, gosh, Brian, I I think that they need to do something to shake up something, right? Because it just feels like, and we've used this word all year. It feels like a malaise. They're not all that interesting because as a it team. does feel like as a roster they could stay status quo, and you could see logic in why they did it. Part of it would be you've got so many kids contributing already. You mentioned Julian. We mentioned Royce Lewis. If and when he's back, there are younger guys already here. This isn't exactly a veteran-laden team, but the veterans, outside of a couple, aren't doing much. They aren't going to DFA Joey Gallo as much as we wish they would. Nope. And I think Kepler it's figured it out. I think it's the cost. And it's at least some defensive reliability that he does give you. Kepler did figure it out. And if you wouldn't part ways with this guy when you should have, how are they going to justify doing it now, even though the fan base might be fine with it? So I 100% see this team offensively staying put. Now, if they don't, happily admit I'm wrong, and I'll happily see what they do. But again, I worry about at what cost, because prospect-wise, everything has been terrible the last couple of years in terms of this prospect took off and what we got in return got nothing. Yep, yep. So I'll take your opinion on that. I did just get a text from Lavelle to try him again. So I'll let you have this take while I get time to dial and we'll get the expert back on the horn. See, and I think where you hit the nail on the head, Brian, is with to what cost? Like Lane Thomas is a center fielder, uh, outfielder for the Washington team. And he can do a little you bit. You can say Nationals. You don't have to edit that one. He he can be, you know, he's he's a decent batter. He's a 280 hitter. He's got decent power. He's got decent wheels. He's got, you know, a decent glove. Like, he's kind of what they need in center fielder. But what in the world do you trade for, for that? I mean, we talked about it with the Cincinnati team and how half their lineup now is, is ex-twin farmhands, right? So, I mean, if you're going after a guy like Lane Thomas, what in the world is going to cost to get a guy like that? That's why... You know, when we talked about Hicks from St. Louis, I mean, he's a rental, so hopefully right. it doesn't cost as much. So it's going to be interesting because, Dave, you just said they need to make changes just because there's a malaise around this team, but there's also the fear of too high of a cost making a change just for change's sake. So those are our takes. We wanted a good 15, 20 minutes with Lavelli Neal the third. We might get about eight, but I think we've got them. So let's go while the getting's good. Lavelli Neal, I hope you're there. Good morning, sir. I'm here. I apologize. I was away from the phone, and uh, frankly, I was uh, still rebooting after last night. So um, I thought you might be. There is there is nothing wrong <laughs> with that. We we were simply having some sobering conversations about the reality of the Minnesota Twins. That over the last couple of weeks, their performance has screamed for bullpen reinforcements and or bullpen help. But there's been a lot of talk offensively too. Of you know, the one thing this team has done consistently is been inconsistent. 
I just don't see them <laughs> acquiring any kind of offensive help. Do you think I'm wrong? No, I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I think the issue with the Twins is um, whenever they call a team for a bat, the first two words come out of their mouths are Brooks Lee and Royce Lewis, and the Twins are not willing to go there in order to upgrade their, their offense. So I don't know how they can maneuver a deal. There's been a late rumor about Sonny Gray possibly being tr- exchanged for a bat. Um, I don't know how far that's going to go because, once again, um, the other factor in making a deal is that uh, Sonny Gray is going to be a free agent next year. So you, the team that trades for Sonny may be getting a half season or two months of Sonny. And that's going to affect how much the trade value they're going to exchange for him. So I think the Twins are in a tight spot um, because the farm system is okay, but it's not flush like it was a couple of years ago. I mean, the reason they traded um, Spencer Steer is because they had Eduard Julian. The reason they traded um, Christian Ignacio Strand is because they had Jose Miranda and Royce Lewis, you know? Um, they felt they were dealing from strength there. It's not a strength anymore. It's kind of just middling right now. So I don't know if they could put together a package to, uh, to, to, to find a bat. So I still think it's a better chance for them to trade for a bullpen arm than a bat. So Derek Falvey is going to have to be right because he stood, stood there in front of us about a week and a half ago and said, you know, the key to our offense improving is in that locker room right now. And I'm like, Man, I don't know. You know, that was before the offensive onslaught. Um, I was like, man, I don't know. I think you need to go shake some things up. I think that um, signing Joey Gallo was a huge mistake because you already had a team full of strikeout intensive players, but Gallo really puts them over the top. He's batting 159. 159. My blood alcohol content last night was higher than 159. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I was like, he, it was a mistake on their part for, for making that move. Um, you know, and, and Kepler, you know, I was I was calling for Kepler to be DFA'd in, in, in June, and he's actually come alive a little bit. Um, uh, Alex Kirilov and Julian have saved their season, basically, because Rocco can now put together a lineup. He, he knows who his second and third hitters are in, in the order. I advocated for uh, Carlos Correa to be moved down in the order, but he put him in a layoff spot, and he's actually responded. And now Polanco's back in the mix. So um, they've got some pieces there that suggest they, they're going to have a reliable offense. So I, I I would still try to find a bat, but it's just going to be hard because they don't have the resources. Uh, Lavelle, do you almost need, in this case, a center fielder? Like, you need a bat as well, but somebody that can, you know, take some time off of Taylor – while they try to figure out what in the world we have now in Buxton? Um, you want them to trade for Adam Duvall. That's where you're headed with this, right? Lane Thomas. <laughs> but, hey, that's Lane fine Thomas. Too. Okay, there's another one. All right. Well, um, I think you could pick left field or center field right now as a place where you're going to bat at. Uh, definitely. And you know, Michael Taylor is a really, really good outfielder. He's very good at what he does. Um, and occasionally he's going to surprise you and excite you with, like, some pop off his bat. But over the long haul – uh, he's a detriment to the offense. All right. So yes, I would look for a bat in center. Uh, I would look for a bat in left. I, I would just I would punt Joey Gallo. I rather I'm pretty confident that a combination of Trevor Larnick and Matt Walner 
will produce better in left field than Gallo. Well, to be I, fair, you know, the combination of Lavelle Neal the third and Brian Prudholm might do that now with one fifty nine. But please continue. Wow, that's that's a shot. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, I think left or center is a spot where they could definitely uh, get a hitter who can upgrade things. Man, I wish it was. I wish we were back in was it two thousand two or two thousand three. When he traded for Shannon Stewart, right. you know Stewart, a Shannon Stewart type would be great for this team. He wasn't like a big on base percentage guy, but he he took competitive at bats, you know, and he was a good hitter, and he ignited that team that year, you know, and and uh, helped them get to the playoffs again. I I wish they could find that Shannon Stewart type to because um, then you could move everybody down. You could put Correa in the two hole. You could put Julian third, Kirloff fourth, Plunko fifth. And uh, whenever you decide to play Bucks, then you bat him six. <laughs> Dylan Carlson from St. Louis could do that if he could get uh, his average up because his on-base percentage is pretty good. Yeah, that's another one. So, um, like I said, but it's going to be hard, man. As soon as, as soon as these calls are made, they're going to want, like, the Twins' top prospects. And I don't think they're really ready to go there. So... I agree with you. So the bullpen arm seems like the most likely acquisition to come this way. If you consider Dylan Floro to be headline news, I guess they've already done that. But to me, that was one struggling right-hander for another. And let's see who can, you know, reinvent themselves on a new team. The guy whose name I've seen on Twins Twitter, and you and I could talk about Twins Twitter for days anyway with the roller coaster that is that. But the name that comes up time and time again is Josh Hader. A, are the Padres even selling? And B, when this show started some six years ago, the hot topic was Josh Hader's old tweets. Are we really about to see him on his third team in about a year? Um, I can see that. I mean, Giovanni Moran has tried. He's tried hard to live his life like Caleb Thielbars, and it's not clicking. I think he's going to be good down the road, but right now the Twins need production. Thielbars coming off the IL soon, so that could be a help. But I would take I would take Josh Hader. Um, I'm not a cancel culture guy. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know. And I'm saying that as I'm not either. I agree with you. People need people need the right to resurrect themselves and live a better life and be better people. And automatically just like kicking someone out of a league or kicking someone out of a job, I don't know if that's the way to do it. People live and learn. Allow people to live and learn. And when they prove that they can't do that, then you kick them to the curb. You know, so um, I would I would have no problems with Josh Hader joining joining the Twins. But to be honest with you. If we're going to have a conversation with the Padres, I would talk about Juan Solo and tell them, yes, you can have Brooks Lee <laughs> as a starting point of a package for, for Juan Solo. So that's where I'm headed. Now, when you mentioned that, I'll be honest with you. At the very least, my eyes got much bigger. Dave is in more of a pondering mode. I want to know the idea of pondering. Derek Felvey has done a little bit of element of surprise before. I'll be honest, getting Jorge Lopez, an all-star at last year's deadline, was surprising. The Lopez deal, the Mali deal, it was did the Twins go for it? We just talked mm-hmm. about how we just don't see it this time. Do you think that rabbit out of hat from Derek Falvey still happens between now and Tuesday? Something big like that? Derek Falvey does not like sitting on a trade deadline. If you look at his history, they like to do something. Either they're moving forward or they're, or they're reloading. So I, I'm thinking that Derek's going to have another trade up his hands. And the, the Lopez thing, uh, based on stuff I've read, you know, you can't you can't view that as a trade. Apparently, uh, one of the reasons Lopez had a mental health issue early in the season because of his son. His son's got some issues going on. And this trade actually puts him closer to his son. So I, I think they were doing him a solid by moving him to Miami in, in that regard. So I don't know if it was more of a baseball trade than it was uh, uh, people 
mental health trade, right. to be honest with you. So I, I, I would just say that's a wash because Dylan Floro doesn't move the needle for me. He's, he's okay, but he's not, you know, fantastic. So the same thing with uh, Lopez. So, but I do think that Falvey may strike before the deadline for something, either a bullpen arm and maybe he'll surprise us with a bat. But um, like I said, I would, if, if they want to trade Juan Soto, because things have gone pear-shaped uh, in, in San Diego this year, if they want to move Soto for uh, a package that starts with Lee and two or three other prospects, I would I would definitely have a conversation with San Diego. Yeah, that would move the needle. That might even break the needle. We are talking to Lavelle Neal the third. I'm going to stretch and keep him here for about three, four more minutes. Our next segment, Lavelle, is called Buy or Sell, and we do it with Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates. And basically what we do is I make statements for each of the four major leagues, and if you agree, you buy, and if you disagree, you sell. Well, one of the topics that has come up in previous weeks was buy or sell, literally that the Twins buy or sell at the deadline. I guess if I look at this team and they stand pat because you just can't Mm -hmm. figure them out, I've said Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they do nothing and still win this division. That's possible, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. They they may uh, may, may may, not – well, they're not going to sell, but – they may just straddle before the deadline, and they still have enough. The offense is showing signs of being more reliable. They have one of the best pitcher staffs in baseball. And until recently, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't want, I did not watch the Twins game last night. I just woke up an hour ago and read about the grand, the walk off grand slam. I was like, oh no, you know, until until like the last few games, the bullpen has been reliable. But you know, I think that beacon should be going off in front of Falvey's face about finding relief help. I mean, Durant gave up a walk-up grand slam. What can you do? You know, what can you do? I mean, he's, he's going to be a stud. He is a stud, and it's going to happen once in a while. It's just that when you want to put your foot down and put your foot on the throat of the division, uh, it was just kind of tough tough to read about that this morning. But, um, I, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think that uh, I, I think that the Twins should be looking to make some moves to add to the bullpen, um, but it's not – it's not the end of the world if they don't do anything. I agree with you, but on the subject of the bullpen, somebody who is much more inside the Twins than we are, one comment I made as we were getting a hold of you was, you know, additions to the bullpen is getting Brock Stewart and Caleb Thielbar enough. It could be, but the timelines have kind of disappeared on these guys. Have you heard anything? Brock Stewart, I think Thielbar is going to come back before Stewart. Thielbar should be online in the next week or two. Stewart a bit after that. I mean, Brock Stewart's been a revelation. I mean, he's his stuff's nasty. He throws like ninety seven with movement. And I don't know the Twins. I gotta give them credit. They signed all these nondescript, unheralded relievers that they had at at, at St. Paul. And it was Brock Stewart and De La Rosa, who unfortunately you know uh, blew out his elbow. And it's even though Ortega kid throws ninety six. I'm like, where are they finding these guys? You know. Um, so I gotta uh, credit because you know you go back like eight years ago or five years ago. How many how many pitches did the Twins have it through above ninety five? It's like zero, right? Right. Um, and now and now you know they're like picking and choosing. They got guys in reserve who can throw heat. So um, I think Brock Stewart would be a really good addition uh, for them uh, if he gets healthy and he can get back to form. Because you never know when a pitcher comes off the injury list um, how they're going to do. Because hey, one thing is it being healthy. Two is having their command. And is is the command going to be crazy? Uh, before he comes off, uh, but when he comes back, I would probably have him pitch for a week uh, with the Saints. To be honest with you, to make sure he's got his command back and call him up when he's showing signs of that. I agree with you. Last question: I had to sneak one more in. You talked about pitching in St. Paul. There's a pretty big name that's done pretty well doing that. If Sonny Gray is gone, I assume Dallas Keuchel is here. 
Is he here anyway? I think he should be. I'm not sure of that. I think the Twins don't want to burn a roster spot and a 40-man spot, because I've talked to people about this, um, just for Kaiko to make one or two starts. If he's going to be called up, he's going to be in that rotation. So uh, I I think that they should have a six-man rotation going down the stretch, to be honest with you, um, because Kento Maeda you know, is from Japan. He's used to pitching once a week. And two, uh, Bailey Ober has never he's he's already passed his career high in innings thrown in this season since being a professional. He has not thrown this many innings since he was at the College of Charleston. Okay, so I would I would have Keiko there to stretch out the rotation. Um, his fastball he's added about a half mile a mile an hour to his fastball. If you remember when Keiko was at his best, uh, he was a ninety mile an hour guy, and he's got his fastball up to like eighty eight point seven now. So it's not that far off. He's a ground ball machine. So I wrote a story about him a few weeks ago. He's the grandmaster of the ground ball. You know, that's what he does. And so, um, you know, he's a left-hander, which the Twins have struggled to find for the rotation for the last several years. Right. Uh, and, you know, he's a ground ball guy, which really helps, I think, in this era of uh, launch angle. You know, I think that he could be really effective. So I would call Keichel up, and I would go to a six-man rotation and take the pressure off over, um, help Maya be sharper, and help the other guys out too. Joe Ryan's becoming home run Ryan or Brad Racky 2.0 for right. his uh, proclivity of giving up home runs early in games. Um, maybe this will help him too. So um, you have Keiko, and trust me, his his he has an opt out on August first. He's going to be gone to someone. Someone's going to sign him. Why not the Twins? I 100% agree with you, Lavelle Neil the Third. We are on the same page once again. You can find Lavelle's work on the pages of the Star Tribune as well. Lavella, it was very nice to actually see you last weekend. And one thing I'll say about yeah. the Twins is it was easier to make contact with you today eventually than it is for them to consistently make contact with the baseball. If that doesn't change, Ooh. this team's going nowhere. <laughs> That's hilarious. Look, I apologize. It was great to see. I was surprised because you don't know how many times someone jumps up at the, in the press box and goes, hey, Lavelle, how you doing? And then I was like, okay, who's this guy? Oh, Brian Perdomo. I was like, oh, okay, great. You know, Welcome to Target Field. Um, I'm really thrilled that for the first time ever I've been on this show and no one asked me a snarky question about the Chicago Bears. Now nah, we'll wait so a month this, for that. <laughs> this, if, if you'd have been this on, is a landmark uh, segment for me. If you'd have been on time, I might have stuck it in, but today we'll just let you have the day. Thank you for spending part of it with Thanks, us. We Lavelle. really appreciate it. Now, and for this mistake, I will. one of these days I'm going to make an appearance in your studio and I'll make up for this uh, tardiness. You I apologize. Have, you have an open invite anytime you want. You tell oh. us and it will happen. Have a good rest of your day. A phrase I've never said, enjoy McGregor. Take care, my friend. <laughs> All right, take care. Thanks. All right, that is Lavelle Neal III. I'm cracking him up on the regular yeah. today. Having a good time. A guy who cracks us up, Justin May, is next. Stick around. We'll be right back. A little brick house. Must be time to talk housing with our favorite realtor, Justin May at Messina & Associates. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We are blessed to be here each and every Saturday. We got nothing without our great sponsors, Dave Cook. Absolutely. We'll start with Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota. Pier B Resort, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group. Their locations include Tavern on the Hill, Two Harbors, Proctor, London Road, and Blackwater, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier carrier here in northeastern Minnesota, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Justin May at Messina Associates. I believe we're going to talk to him in just a sec, Bri. OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio. And, of course, I've got our friends at Comfort Systems. Sign up for a service appointment. Do it online at ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. 
Simply mention you heard it here on the Northland Sports page. You will receive $20 off that service appointment. And it's a big beer day at Bayfront. All Pints Festival is here. Mount Royal, in honor of it, has started July PA for the closing days of July. 10% off 16-ounce four-packs of IPAs now through July 31st. Also 10% off all Hoops products. They do that every Saturday thanks to us at the Northland Sports page. But a big part of the Northland Sports page and a big part of helping us grow that sponsor list is Mr. Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates. He is going to be on the golf course today. It's a big golf weekend locally, Justin May, isn't it? And good morning, my friend. Yep, 97th annual Arrowhead Invitational. We got a bunch of uh, the best players in the state up here. Uh, one of my favorite weeks of the year every year hosting this event and being a part of it and just an absolute blast. Now, there's a lot of who's who that participate in this, not just in golf, but in our community as leaders. Who are some of the favorites still going in the Arrowhead? Right now you have uh, Derek Farrell, Jackson Purdy, uh, let me walk over to the leaderboard. I'll tell you who the final eight are right I was going to tell you, is there anything Jackson Purdy can't do? Because when it comes to athletics, the, Jackson Purdy's name comes up more than a few times. The kid is super talented. Oh, Matty Mellon. Uh, Matty Mellon, Scott Pavelski, Shane Sanko, Joel Johnson, Brandon Owen, Derek Farrell, Ryan Back, and Jackson Purdy. You can tell Scott Pavelski for me that I love him, but it's really hard to root for the stars no matter what name is affiliated with him. <laughs> is that fair to say? I always say that, too. I'm with you 100% there. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Speaking of on the same page, Dave Cook comes fully loaded with a question courtesy of your wife today, Dave Cook. Yeah, and it's not a simple one today. Um, so a house by ours went for a number that she was flabbergasted by. And she said to me, so what do you tell a young married couple, when they say rent is really expensive, they'd like to buy a house, what, st- I mean, do you send them to Floodwood? I mean, how do you get uh, a young couple into a place that not only can they afford, but, you know, when we were growing up, Justin, it was, you want you want to make money, buy real estate. I mean, how in the world does a young couple get started? The first thing you do, the first step every single time, and Our listeners are probably getting sick of me saying it, but you go sit down with your financial consultant or your mortgage lender and you figure out what your parameters are. And if you have a good mortgage lender, they're going to figure out different systems and different ways to get you some help for first-time homebuyers or all different types of programs out there for different types of professionals. I mean, there's special programs for firefighters and special programs for police officers and special programs for new doctors coming to town. So first step always is go sit down with your financial consultant or your mortgage lender and figure out how we're going to get this done so that you can come to your realtor and say, here are our, per- our parameters and here's what we can afford or what we want to afford. And this is how we're going to pick the target. Justin May, when you talk about parameters, how big of a parameter right now in the buying and selling market is proximity to schools? Because I talked about last week that a three-word phrase that I want to say to my wife at all times is I love you. A three-word phrase that I barely want to say to my wife is back to school. But stores and different promotions are starting to get into that mode. We've got a little over a month left, but being that it's coming faster than some people might like, how big are communities and schools into the market right now? It's important to everybody. And, you know, you and I are huge proponents of your neighborhood, right? Well, an Correct. extension of your neighborhood is your, is your school. And that's going to be a spot where your kids are going to spend 12 years of their life. So you got to do some research and figure out where you want to be and what programs are offered and what your kids are good at and 
that all comes with your neighborhood. Absolutely, it does. We are talking to Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates. We encourage you, we ask you to do your buying or selling with him. You can do it by giving him a call at 218-310-9559, and you can find all of his listings online. Simply log on to mzr.com. I think I'm doing okay as your PR guy. Are you ready to play buy or sell, my friend? I am always ready to play buy or sell. All right. It's one of my favorite moments each and every week. It goes like this. We play buy or sell this way. I give a statement for each of the four major leagues, the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, and NHL. If you agree with my statement, you simply say buy and you tell me why. If you disagree with my statement, you say sell and you tell me why. Justin May has a pair of responsibilities. He does them both very, very well. One is, of course, his dynamic opinion on each and every statement. The other, most importantly, is the order in which we play. Where are we going today? Let's start in honor of the Pavelski being on the leaderboard in the NHL. All right, so the NHL, Dave Cook is going to eye-roll this because he's going to say, here goes Brian talking about Boston again. But some relatively big news in the NHL this week was the retirement of Patrice Bergeron. And I wasn't surprised based on his age, but his production didn't go south at all. He had a very good season last year, so this wasn't hanging on too long. Buy or sell that the way the Bruins performed yet failed in the postseason, that Patrice Bergeron's retirement caught you by surprise. I buy that it caught me by surprise. I, I thought you were going to ask me if you really thought we, he was going to retire and I was going to sell that because I think he's going to take a break. And like you said, with the production he's had and how talented he is, I think you'll see maybe him come back in October or November, just take a couple months off and not have to go through the grind of training camp in that early part of the season. Brian, I am going to buy that it surprised me. Okay. Um, I he is think, 38. Yeah, <clears throat> but he has been the guy. And and hockey is a place where you can fall off a cliff pretty fast. And uh, you wonder if if uh, he saw that coming. And uh, for some reason, something that we may not have noticed, maybe he started really hot and finished, you know, not as well as, she want, his, right. as he wanted. Kind of like that team did. Yeah, and so uh, it surprised me that he uh, hung it up. It surprised me, too, and I really thought back and forth on this because they've won with him before. He's been, as Dave said, the guy there for a decade plus. But at the same time, we're in a society, especially in sports, of so much of run it back and unfinished business. And, you know, we've got a job to do, and this time we're going to do it. You know, we let one get away, that sort of thing. And Boston had that unbelievably historic season and then had it be unbelievably short in the postseason. And I just kind of thought, what's one more? and they would play this out again next year and try to do the same thing. Or maybe you do two more years and you retire at a nice round number of age 40. Now, I'm not talking about walking away in your prime like Barry Sanders, but to me, Bergeron walked away as a very, very, very good player. As a Minnesota Wild fan, we're watching other teams have guys retire producing better than our guys in their prime, so that was part of my reasoning too. Justin May, what's next? Let's go to hoops. All right, I would like to do that as in hoops brewing today prior to all pints. But NBA-wise, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here because, Justin May, you know how into baseball you and I both are. And earlier this week, the Twins took on the Mariners. And I believe it was Tuesday night that A-Rod was there. Don't know who he was rooting for as part owner of the Wolves, but also a longtime Seattle Mariner. But he was asked about his intentions with the Timberwolves. And he said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, mark my words, we have no desire to move this team anywhere. 
but we do have a desire to put together a championship caliber team in Minnesota. Buy or sell that you believe him. I believe him and I love it. I, I'm glad that he's sticking to the roots, and I think it was part of the original, original agreement <clears throat> with the sell of the franchise to the, you know, that they wanted him to stay here. And uh, I forget his name, the newspaper guy. He, I'm sure it was part Glenn of Taylor. the literature of. Yeah, yeah Glint. I'm sure it was part of the sale that, you know, you have to stay here. And that doesn't mean he has to, right? They all find loopholes, but I like that he's at least wearing it. I'm with Justin, um, sort of, but it's because Mark Laurie. I think if it was A-Rod and he was left to his own devices, he'd probably... They'd have been in Seattle yesterday? Right. Um, But Laurie's an astute owner or an astute businessman. And I think that he's going to make a run here. And now ask me in 10 years. Like if they stink again, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all if they leave. I'm glad you said that because I'll buy today. I don't even need 10 years. I'll say two or three. What's the statute of limitations on a statement like that? Because if they stink for three years and then a move becomes possible and they move them, are we going to go back and say, well, you said in 2023 that you weren't going to move them and now it's 2026. I believe him now but I don't know how long-term I believe him, but that has less to do with him and the historical failures of the Minnesota Timberwolves for me. So NBA is down as well. We got two to go. Justin May, what's next? Let's go to the NFL. All right, NFL, a little bit like what I did with the NBA last week when I talked about the over-under for victories for the Wolves. The over-under for victories for the Vikes has come out. We're about a month away from doing a true football preview, but I laughed at the Vikes over-under for victories because it's eight and a half. And in a 17-game season, that is exactly 500. We know they can't go 8.5 and 8.5, but you get the idea. Buy or sell that that over-under of 8.5 wins is too low? I buy that it's too low. I still think the, the hardcore pieces of the team are still put together there. I like that the, the offensive line is getting better every year and making little changes to make it better. Uh, you, you, this this uh, new quarterback show has really sold me on not, maybe not Kirk as a player any more than I was sold before, but Kirk as a human being. And now I'm, I don't want to say more deeply rooting purple, but I'm definitely rooting becoming a big Kirk fan. I'm going to agree with Justin, but for different reasons. Um, I think that their defense was abhorrent last year. And now they have... That's the radio-friendly word. Yes. And now they have a defensive coordinator who is going to gin that team up a little bit and get after people. And that's going to help uh, disguise their weakness in the secondary. Now, here's the thing. They can be a better team and win 10 games next year, right? Because they did get away with some stuff. But that would be over eight and a half. Yeah. And so I'm going to say over because I'm not a huge fan of the division. And I think they're going to be able to play defense this year. I'll agree with most of that. So I'll agree with they'll get over eight and a half, but not demonstratively so. It might be nine or ten because you're right. Both of you said this defense can't be worse. That shouldn't be possible. I'm really afraid for this team in the trenches, though, because that's where games are won. And if you ask me to list Viking weak spots, pick a line. They're one and two, especially on the interior, on the offensive line. This team still has the capability to be plenty good, but a schedule that could make it very difficult. But eight and a half seems low. This team going nine and eight, I could see that. Partly because I don't buy into the Bears at all. And the Packers, you know, the sports gods will tell me that Jordan Love will be better than advertised because Green Bay is never bad, but they aren't going to be good either. Mm -hmm. So it'll be an interesting season. Again, a month away from 
really getting into the nitty gritty of analyzing that. But analyzing, we did a lot of that with the Minnesota Twins a segment ago. Major League Baseball to close it out. The Twins have been in some weird games just in the past week. Improbable win Sunday. Improbable win Monday. Gut-wrenching losses Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Extra innings has been a big part of it. We've talked at length about the rule changes in baseball. Major League Baseball did the extra innings bit during COVID. Buy or sell that we've come around to like the extra innings rule. I think as a Twins fan, you have to buy it because that's the only way we seem to win is when we can put the free runner on second base. That is the interesting piece because it's it's really easy to say, I love it when you win, and it's really easy to go, that's stupid when you lose because when this first came out, Justin, if you remember, the Twins couldn't buy one. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, to tell you the truth, just because I'm a traditionalist. But like I said, as a Twins fan, you got to root for them to get to 9-9 in the bottom of the ninth, knowing that in the 10th, if we get that free runner, there's a good chance we're going to score. I I don't like the rule. I mean, you know me, Brian. I, I'm with Justin when I say I'm a traditionalist. Uh, ghost runners weren't fun for me when I was a high school but kid. But first of all, it's not a ghost runner. That's no, a but, human body. Go ahead. But okay, so you put a human ghost in there. And, a gifted um, runner. Um, I, I, it's artificial. You know, the, the clock isn't artificial. It shortens some things up, but it's not a a thing that's cha- that's just physically not part of the game. This is physically not part of the game. And, I mean, people's arms were all over the place with the shift. I mean, the shift was not artificial. It was just used. Right. This is fake. If you can't strike guys out now, you're in a world of hurt because a guy on second right away changes the complex of an inning. I Does it make it exciting? Yes. Right. But and that doesn't mean it's not fake. That's why I'm going to buy that I, I like it just enough. Because baseball's thriving on quicker pace, better drama. This rule builds both of that. I don't like the idea of you can bunt a runner over and put the ball in play, and two batters later, you might walk it off as a home team. I also don't like the fact that if you're the visiting team, you've got a chance to put a lot of pressure on that home team by the time they bat because they're going to be behind again, perhaps having done nothing. So I just pointed out all the reason to naysay it, but the drama's fun. Now, Duran last night stunk, but Sunday, Monday was pretty much a blast. So I do think, Justin May, it comes down to did you win or did you lose? Because the answer changes every time. Think about how many more wins Guardy would have had with the Piranhas if he could have placed somebody on second base in extra innings. You know, that's a fair point. I'll even go further of saying think of the extra innings rule just having the Metrodome. Because how many turf hits did the Minnesota Twins specialize in? You wouldn't have had to bunt. You could have, but you could have done a lot of things with a little bit of speed in the Dome. Should have had this rule back in 2009. We'd have beat the Yankees. Justin May, it's hard to beat you when it comes to the real estate world. I invite people to get in touch with you all the time. They can do it at 218-310-9559 and find your listings at mzr.com. Anything else you'd like to add or one last shout out to the golfing field this weekend? Come on out to Ridgeview tomorrow about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You're going to watch some of the best golfers uh, go head-to-head in the championship match. There's a... Plenty of carts and people around, and there'll be a lot of spectators. Good food, but good beverage. Come on by. Absolutely sounds like a good weekend. Thank you for continuously making our weekends better. Justin May, we appreciate you. Let's talk again next Saturday. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Justin. Absolutely. Thanks to you as well. That's Justin May. we got one more segment to go. It is going to be a short one. We are behind today. Drawing lines to close. 
courtesy of Aurora Architecture Studio. Justin May mentioned Ridgeview. We knew he would. Appropriate bump out music. Little country club. Stick around. We'll be right back. I had no idea that this song would come up organically earlier in the show. A little Walk This Way by Aerosmith. We are going to close the show with Drawing Lines, courtesy of Aurora Architecture Studio. Aurora Architecture Studio has been with us every step of the way here on the show. Ryan Arola, it's very common for he and I to go to a lot of the Blackwoods locations. Want to give a little love to Blackwater every Wednesday, Healthcare Professionals Day. Valid work badge will get you 20% off food and drink. Enjoy it on the lounge and the patio. There'll be live music by Paul Metza. Enjoy things like June and January, fondue for two. I've done it for one. And all the smoke, of course. And speaking of healthcare professionals, I hope that veterinary professionals are included in this because you know the week yeah. I had. I thought back on Wednesday that I was going to lose my best pal. Yep. My Black Lab Kirby was touch and go, to say the least. Uh, Duluth Veterinary Hospital, thank you. He's good as new. Yeah, no, it's uh, we were talking about that in the car on the way in. You know, it, a pet becomes family. And yeah. imagine, you know, if, if you're kind of rolling your eyes, I mean, imagine if it was a family member that was at that brink all of a sudden, right? That's the hard thing. It wasn't like this was coming on. Right. It went from this was, zero to went for a walk and almost didn't walk again. Yep. And so thank you for the veterinarians and the veterinary hospitals and everybody all around. Yes. Incredibly appreciative of that. Dogs are like family for me. It's like they become my little cub. Speaking of the cubs, I want to give that Duluth Legion team a shout out for their reaching of the state tournament. Lots of good local stuff going on. We talked about summer hockey last week. Summerfest in Proctor, the hockey this week's been phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, summer youth sports in our area is really good. And it's not simply hockey. It's just hockey is the biggest, but there's basketball, there's club volleyball, there's all kinds of fun things. Absolutely there is, and there have been some not-so-fun things in the world of college football lately. The Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern mess is on another level. I want to repeat that. It's on another level because other levels have tried to be reached by other programs including Minnesota and P.J. Fleck. For drawing lines today, we've only left about four minutes to do this. It might be three and a half longer than I want to discuss it because it's a slippery slope. When somebody steps forward and says something, it does encourage others to do the same. Does it encourage others to engage in a witch hunt as well? Or do we rush to protect our own? Because P.J. Fleck took some heat this week, but P.J. Fleck has been defended by the masses as well. I know you have a stronger take on this than I do. I do, Brian, um, and not just defended by the masses. Let's let's be careful here because the thing about this article is it is supported by all unnamed sources, right? Except for the right. one administrator who has been trying to uh, oust PJ since he didn't want to hire him way back. Um, but the people defending PJ have all put their names behind it. So let's let's just start there. So one of the things that we know about PJ's culture is it's PJ's culture, right? Nobody, ca- it's not just another sport. Um, it, he comes off and say, I mean, it's not, this isn't surprising, right? He says this, we do things differently. It's not for everybody, right? Uh, there are some, there are some really, uh, pointed accusations that once the accusation is made, the next couple sentences step back hard, but the act the, that sentence is the, is the clickbait part. And the one that really gets me, Brian, is the one where they said somebody with a heart defect, uh, had to retire. Okay. Well, the story is, according to the article, not according to PJ, but this is out of the article, that somebody on the Gophers team had an undiagnosed heart complication. And when he was in practice, something happened, and they had to bring him back or do whatever, and he retired. Okay, well, it sounds like that's how you handle that. 
Right. You know, um, a lot of this sounds like PJ Fleck, the football coach, is being reprimanded for being a football coach. Yes. It's there's there's one point where a person says, well, you know, he handled injuries differently. As long as you were making progress the way you were supposed to, he left you alone. Uh, really? Okay. That sounds that sounds like a great idea. The one that gets you is when they talk about, well, it's awful. We have to learn all these weird words like hyper and and all that. And it's like, dude, you knew coming in that it's a weird culture. Yeah. Well, and I've said before that I think some of that is a stick that is deserving of the eye roll. And then I've been accused when I say things like that, if you just don't like PJ, not at all. That's not true in the least. I love what he's done to that football program. Whatever he thought the magic elixir to do that was, okay, do it. Doesn't mean I have to be entertained by if somebody asks how I'm doing and I don't say elite, that's a wrong answer. That's weird. But at the same time, the Gophers having success within reasonable Coaching is not weird at all. So the two things that that I want to add is, um, one, you never hear anything bad about his kids, right? Um, and, and the other thing is, it, it goes back to what we talked about beforehand. PJ's got a reputation. He runs his program in a unique way. The fact that you like to run in and out of a, out of a room and you want to be applauded by your team, is that weird? A little bit. Yep. Um, does it matter a hill of beans? No. And you can ask a coach in any sport at any level, are you going to have guys who don't like the way you run it? And the answer to that is yes. Right. And so this is, to me, this is a, a guy who wrote for Northwestern saying, oh, let's jump in. There was an old administrator that has a story, and PJ has to defend something that is ridiculous. Absolutely. Now, I'm not going to say that treating kids unfairly is ever okay, but weird and unfair are not the same thing. We had a weird time today, but it's fair to say it was fun. Thank you, Lavelle Neal. Thank you, Dave Hoops. Thank you, Justin May. Thank you, Jay Hagan. Thank you to my guy, Dave Cook. Have a good weekend, Northland. It's all Pines Day. Dave Cook, we'll see you Monday. Thanks, Jay Hagan. Yeah, we'll see you Monday. All right, that'll do it for us here on the Northland Sports page. Please enjoy your weekend. Do it safely. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Have a good one.